you can read about the, uh, I mean, various people wrote the Psalms, but you see them when their faith is high in God, and then you see them when they're struggling and reaching out to God. And I mean, there's just, it, I can relate to Psalms. You know, I like to read the, read the Psalms. But anyway, let's say this one together, starting with the reference. Psalm 103, 2 through 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, that's, it's good to have that in your heart. And if you continue to read Psalm 103, there just is more and more good stuff in there. The, the, uh, the benefits that the Lord has given us, they are amazing. Well, Thanksgiving week. It's going to be fun. How many of you are already thinking about the food? <laughs> a couple people are admitting it. Uh, yeah, we have a lot to be thankful for. Um, I just want to start off the message today with uh, this. Uh, it's not a story, but it, it, it's actually from Harvard Medical Health Letter, some people that were involved in a study. So two psychologists, Dr. Robert A. Emmons and Dr. Michael E. McCullough, have done much of the research on gratitude. In one study, they asked all participants to write a few sentences each week focusing on particular topics. One group wrote about things they were grateful for that had occurred during the week. A second group wrote about daily irritations or things that had displeased them. And the third wrote about events that had affected them with no emphasis on them being positive or negative. After 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. Can you believe that? Yes. Surprisingly, they also exercised more, had fewer visits to physicians than those who focused on sources of aggravation. Another leading researcher in this field, Dr. Martin E.P. Seligman, tested the impact of various assignments given to help the mood of 411 people. When their assignment was to write and personally deliver a letter of gratitude to someone who had never been properly thanked for his or her kindness, participants immediately exhibited a huge increase in happiness scores. This impact was greater than that from any other assignment with benefits lasting for a month. Gratitude, it's a good thing. Thankfulness. It's a good thing. Now, I know we can only be thankful when there's good things happening. That's the only time we can really be thankful, right? No, it better not be. <laughs> okay. We can be thankful every day. And um, I heard a song that I'm sure you're familiar with. I heard a song this week, and I thought, I want to play that song in church. And some people think, well, man, I'm, I'm going through a really, really tough time. What do I have to be thankful for? What do I have to rejoice about? This is a really tough. Well, I want you to listen to the words of this song and realize we have much that we can be thankful for. We do. So I'm going to step out of the way, and we'll go ahead and start that.
know something had to give something had to give cause living my life so wild and free finally caught tell you I don't know how many times I look back and, and see man where I was and uh, what condition my life was in and then Jesus came in I tell you it, you know I will I just can't ever forget that I just can't the mercy of God I was guilty I was condemned I was lost I was I was kind of meaningless 
And the mercy of God just met me there. It is amazing. Three ways to be in God's will. Three ways to be in God's will. The first one, well, let's just read the text. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. I want to start with that one. Rejoice always. What do we have to rejoice about? Oh, goodness, goodness. I, I just want to touch some bases here. Your sins have been taken away. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, regardless of what you were and what you did, when there's a repentance of, of I am no longer going to leave my light, lead it the way I'm going, I am surrendering it to God. <laughs> I'm going to follow him, and I receive Jesus as my only hope and as my only Savior. Oh, Scripture says that the blood that Jesus shed on the cross as he took our place to be punished for our sins cleanses us from all of our sin. Oh, goodness. Paul the Apostle wrote in Romans 4, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven. Blessed. We got any blessed people in here today? Blessed. It goes on to say, Whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. I am so thankful the Lord will never count against me. Those things that I intentionally did. And I'm so thankful that he will never count against me even some areas that I stumble in now. When I realize and I repent and I ask him to forgive me, he cleanses me and we just continue on. Rejoice always, church. Well, here's another reason. Jesus gave us this one, the words of Jesus actually. Luke 10, 17. Jesus had his followers. He picked 72 to send them out to uh, to a piece, and uh, they were to go to the villages and share uh, the message of the kingdom of God, and the power of God was on them to heal people and deliver them and do all kinds of stuff. And it says, starting in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. I thought that was pretty cool, the fact that they could take authority over demons, which is pretty cool. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I saw him fall. I know we have authority. I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice your names are written in heaven. Your names are written in heaven. God says, this one's mine. And he wrote our name down. Oh, goodness, rejoice. Church, there's so many people that don't know these things. There's so many people that don't understand and have rejected these things. God's still working on them. But our names are written in heaven. I want to be on God's roll. You know, I really do. Peace and grace. Peace and grace. When my family... uh, we lived in the country to begin with, up until I was about first grade or so. And I know even back then this was a little unusual, but I actually went to a one-room schoolhouse, my kindergarten and first year. One teacher, uh, K through 8th with one teacher. 
I, know, I, I mean, I didn't grow up, like, I'm not a pioneer or anything. But anyway, it was still, it was still like that at that time. And then we moved to a, a small town. Uh, my dad built a house there, which I was young. I didn't know much about it. I didn't realize we were moving, I don't think, till the day we moved. But, so anyway, uh, our relatives come on a weekend, and they help load up everything, and they drive to this house that we're moving into, and uh, it's right on the edge of a town. So my cousins are all there, and we're just playing, you know. And then the kids from town come over. You know, they come up because there's, you know, people are moving in. I don't know how it happened for sure, but my cousins and my brother and I got in a fight with the kids from town. And uh, there was a lot of dirt from the home construction. Part of the house was built partially underground, so there was a pile of dirt. And we got in a dirt clod fight. Uh, you know, and we're not talking crumbly little dirt. We're talking, yes, hard dirt. And so we were heaving those back and forth. And one of the kids from town got hit in the nose, bloody nose, and they finally left. And I was just, man, we won, we won. And then it struck me. My cousins are leaving today. And I have to go to school with these kids to, on Monday. I didn't, I didn't realize that until it was all over with. And I thought, oh my goodness, I, I, I am outnumbered. And... Uh, but anyway, it seemed to be okay. I don't remember. Either there was so much trauma, it's blocked, or it was just okay. One of the two. But there was peace there. There was peace, and I was very thankful. But we're going to look at this, this next verse. Do you realize that because of what Jesus has done, we can be at peace with God? I mean, think about that. At peace with God. Because not everybody is. Let's, let's look at this. And again, it's, it's not because we did anything. It's what Jesus has done for us. Therefore, since we have been justified, that means made right with God, declared righteous. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, our belief in what Jesus has done for us and embracing that. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Before I was a Christian... And I became a Christian, I was just, I don't know, a couple weeks before I turned 19. But I would go to bed at night, and, you know, there's no friends around or anything, and it's just me in bed, and, I'm, and I would think at times, I do not want to face God. I don't want to face God, because I know my life is not right. I, matter of fact, I didn't even know how to make it right. But I just, I knew I didn't want to face God, so I handled that by not thinking about it. You do other things, you stay busy with life, you... You know, you increase the sin, whatever. You just don't think about it. But there were those times, many times, it's like, I, I do not want to stand before God because I knew that I wasn't right. But that day, when I surrendered to him, I understood the gospel message and surrendered to him, gave my life to God and received forgiveness for all the things when I realized I was at peace with God. There are some people in the world that won't let you be at peace with them, even if you try really hard. You know what I'm saying? There are some people, they will hold grudges, they will do stuff. You just can't seem to get peace. But with God who knows everything, every detail, every intention, every thought, every rebellion, everything, he says, you can have peace with me. Church, rejoice. Peace with God. 
the one who knows it all. We, are, we have so much to be thankful for. Let's go to this next one. Why do we rejoice? Because <clears throat> God has this promise in his word that says he can work everything out for good for us. Which is pretty amazing because we live in a fallen world. Okay? God is not making earth heaven. He never said he would. He's not going to. This earth has lots of sin. It has lots of rebellion. It has lots of stuff in it. It's a fallen world. When you read Romans 8, it even talks about how creation, you know, you hear about earthquakes and things like that. Romans 8 says that the creation is groaning until the day when God will take the sin problem out of the world and it will be free from that bondage. Even the earth was, was affected by the sin that man create, uh, committed. So we're living in a world where you can be totally innocent and stuff can happen to you that isn't good. I mean, that's just this world. But look at this. Romans 8. I skipped a bunch of verses, but I'll go to verse 28. And we know that all things... It didn't say all good things. It didn't say all church things. It just says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. There are some things that have happened in my life that I just didn't see what good can come out of it. But it's amazing what God can do. It's for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. They're walking in his will. Church, whatever you're going through, this promise is for you. Rejoice. Now, I know it's a step of faith at times to rejoice, but isn't that the life that we live as Christians? Is a life of faith? I know you guys are you're really quiet right now. Let's look at the next one. Why else can we rejoice? Because according to what the Lord has told us, troubles will produce fruit, not failure. Troubles will produce fruit, not failure. James, the book of James. If you ever need to just kind of get straightened up a little bit, read the book of James. It kind of just deals with all kinds of stuff, okay? My brethren, count it all, what? Joy. Now, that's either a typo or a huge step of faith for us, okay? All right? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Trials are not good times. Trials are difficulties. Trials are situations where I don't really know what to do with this. I'm not really sure how to get out of this. I don't have the ability to, you know, it's a trial. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, I'm so thankful it doesn't say the testing of your intelligence. I'm, I'm, seriously, I'm thankful it doesn't say that. I'm thankful it doesn't say because it all depends on how well you know higher math. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. History would be okay. I like history. but The testing of your faith in God. And his faithfulness. Your testing of your faith produces what? Patience. It it doesn't produce freaking out. Okay? It doesn't produce 
depression, and suicidal tendencies. Okay, now those things happen in the world for sure. But he says the testing of your faith will produce patience if you will stay hooked to him through that whole thing. The testing of your faith will produce this patience. God's in control. We'll make it. God's in control. We'll make it. Let patience have its perfect work. Just continue on day by day. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect. Mature is really talking about completion. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now Satan is going to try to choke off every praise that he can. And in the trials, he's going to try to choke that off where you stop rejoicing and you stop giving thanks and you stop seeing God. But he doesn't have the power to do it. We have to give him that. He can't just take it from us. Church, rejoice always. Now, I like to give this message because I need it myself. This is not a once-a-year Thanksgiving message, okay? I'll give these verses. I've, I don't, I've probably preached on these verses a few times since I've been here because they're so real life, okay? Rejoice always. We have so much to rejoice about. We do. Well, let's go to the second one. Pray without ceasing. What's that mean? Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. The NIV says it this way. Pray continually. The New Living Translation says, keep on praying. Just keep on praying. Now, if you have reached a point where you just gave up and stopped praying, I think the Lord would say, okay, just start again. Just start again. Keep on praying. Jesus was talking with his disciples. And he told stories to help them understand things, which, you know, that's kind of cool. I, uh, they, they helped me. And in Luke 18, 1, he starts to, t- I'm not going to go through the story, but he told them a story for this reason. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should, what? Always pray and not give up. Okay, Jesus, walking with human beings. Told him the story because I want you to keep on praying. I won't be here with you face to face forever. I'm going to be back with the Father, and you'll be walking on this world, this world in faith, knowing I'm real, but you're not seeing me with your eyes like you used to. And I'm telling you, keep praying. Don't give up. Don't give up. Philippians 4, 6, one of my favorite verses because I need it so often. Do not be anxious. How many of you this week fulfilled that a 100%? Because I want to get with you and talk with you, (laughs) hang around with you for a while. I really do. Brush off on me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in what? Everything by prayer and petition with what? Let me tell you, praying is, is hooked with being thankful even before the answers come. They're hooked with being thankful. So, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, you know, it doesn't even say that that prayer will be fully answered right then, but what it does say is that God's peace will be with you. Okay? 
The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guard them from what? Doubt, fear, unbelief, uh, you know, whatever, all kinds of stuff. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Pastor, I've been praying about this for a long, long time. Pray without ceasing. Keep praying. Keep praying. Sometimes we need to ask God, how do you want me to pray about this? Okay, because we can be stubborn about the way we pray about things and we need to be led by the Spirit too. So how do you want me to pray about this? But pray without ceasing. Now, if we're going to pray, we need to mix the right stuff with prayer. <clears throat> and uh, I remember uh, it was before Lori and I were married, we were making something at my parents' house. It was fudge. Do you remember that incident? That was the craziest thing. So... I'm not a cook, you know, I, I'm very adept at opening tops of cereal boxes and pouring them into bowls, I can do that quite well, but cooking is just not my thing, I could do it, I can do all things through Christ, I just don't want to, okay, that's the reality, okay, I just don't want to, but anyway, we're following the recipe for making fudge, and you know, the ingredients and the stuff, and I'm stirring it, one of us was, and it just kept getting harder to stir. <laughs> and pretty soon you're gripping it. I don't know what we did. But by the time I was done, it was like the sword and the stone thing. The spoon was, it was a rock. It was an absolute rock, and the spoon is sticking out. It's like, you know, all the worthy of the land, come and see if you can pull the spoon out of this thing. Because we did something wrong. We did something wrong. I, I still don't know what we did wrong. But, hey, it was a fudge pop. You could lick it after that. <laughs> Mixing. The, the scripture tells us to pray, you know, to, to keep on praying. But we need to mix the right stuff with that. Okay? Because begging in prayer is not the right combination. Pleading in prayer is not the right combination either. Scripture says, mix faith with your prayer. Mix faith with it. The words of Jesus. And these are some pretty astounding words. Okay, If he hadn't said them, I would think, well, that's just carrying things a little too far. But he's the one who said it, so I, I embrace it. He said in Matthew eleven twenty two, 22, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Now, that is an amazing verse, okay? That's an amazing verse. It goes on to say, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I mean, those are the words of Jesus. Mix faith with your prayers. Your kids need to come back to Jesus? I speak to that mountain. In the name of Jesus Christ, my kids will come back to Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Satan's works will be destroyed. And the will of God will be fulfilled in their lives. Speak to that mountain. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. Does that mean that everything we ever want will always be answered? No, I've had some things not answered. Okay. And sometimes I look back and I realize, thank God he did not answer that prayer. Because he really had something else in mind that I wasn't aware of. So we've got to trust. But let's not be wishy-washy in prayer either. 
Let's not always pray, Lord, your will be done. We've got to stand sometimes. We've got to find out what the will of the Lord is and stand there, not just pray your, your will be done. Pray continually. Another thing we can mix with our prayers, if we talked about it already, is patience. Pa- yeah, somebody cringed. I, I saw somebody cringe when I said that word patience. I won't say who. Patience. In America, we don't really have to be as patient as some other places, man. I mean, drive-throughs. I mean, you can do stuff fast here. You, you know, um, it's we're not used to being patient. Hebrews six twelve. Let's take a look at that. New Living Translation says this: Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead. You will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises. They are going to inherit the things that God has for them. Why? Because of their what? Faith and their patience. Because you can start off strong in faith, but if you don't just keep staying in there, you can let it go too. You know, by faith and patience, you can inherit the promises. I'm not in heaven yet. I'm not with Jesus yet. But by faith and patience, I will inherit that promise. It's coming. Well, <clears throat> we're, we're zipping through things here today because I had a busy week. <laughs> that's, that's the truth of it. So, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And then, the last one. This is the easy one. In everything, give thanks. In what kind of things? Everything. Your, your life this last week has been everything. In everything, give thanks. Okay, that's a challenge, I understand. NIV says give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. New Living says, no matter what happens, always be thankful. Now, <clears throat> obviously, the person that God used to write this had a very easy life, or they would not have written this. Correct? <clears throat> who, who wrote this? Paul. God used Paul. It was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but God used Paul to write this. Paul had a very difficult life. And it was really difficult because he was in the will of God. That's what made it so difficult. God called him to do something that was very hard, and there was an extreme amount of opposition that came day after day after day after day. And he says, In everything give thanks. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, circumstances. What are you experiencing right now? Some of you in this room, this is a time of just blessing, man. You're blessed. I mean, there's just blessing and provision and God's promises are just kind of flowing your way. And you know what? Give thanks. Give thanks. Some of you in this room, it's a time of trial. It's a time of trial. And it's just like, I'm, I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through. <laughs> Stay focused. I, I'm going to make it through. And, and, and God tells you, give thanks. Even if it's a time of trial. Some in this room, it could be a time of, of disappointment. You know, seriously. But God still says, give thanks. Now, we may not be thanking him for the event 
but we are thanking him for all the things we already talked about, all the goodness he's poured out on us. He's done so much. I came across this illustration, and I'm going to close with this one. The Nigerian city of Jos, J-O-S, sits on Africa's great fault line between the Muslim North and the Christian, and thus has faced terrible things in recent years. A Nigerian Baptist church was attacked by Muslim extremists who burnt the church building and the house of the church's leader, Pastor Sunday Gomna. On the second Sunday after the violent outbreak, when the people of that Baptist church returned for worship, they gathered in a little mud wall community center about one kilometer from the burnt church. Pastor Gomna stood up and offered some beautiful words of gratitude. He said, first, I am grateful that no one in my church killed anyone. I guess that's something to be grateful in some of those instances, okay? Apparently, during the chaos of the attacks, Pastor Sunday had gone around the community, and some of the Muslim people said, Pastor, thank you for the way you taught your people. Your people helped to protect us. So Pastor Sunday was proud that his people did not kill any Muslims. Second, he said, I'm grateful that they did not burn my church. Everyone looked at Pastor Sunday with disbelief. After all, everyone was meeting in a small, uncomfortable mud hut because the church had been burnt to the ground. But Pastor Sunday continued, Inasmuch as no church member died during this crisis, they did not burn our church. They only burned the building. We can rebuild the building, but we could not bring back to life any of our members. So I am grateful that they did not burn my church. And he continued, Third, third, I am grateful that they burned my house as well. If they had burned your house and not my house, how would I have known how to serve you as a pastor? However, because they burned my house and all my possessions, I know what you are experiencing, and I am able to be a better pastor to you. So I am grateful that they burned my house as well. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, my name could be on that illustration or anything. But here's a pastor who learned to be thankful. Who learned to give thanks in everything. And God, he's gathering his kids together. Even today, he's just gathering his kids together and he's saying, Now, I'm going to be your God. I'm going to be your father. I've saved, I've forgiven, I've cleansed. You're predestined to be with me. I've declared you righteous. I put my spirit in you so that you wouldn't have to try to do this on your own. I've given you my word so you don't have to guess what my will is and my direction. And I pour my love out on you. But here's what I want you to do. And here's what I'm going to help you do. Rejoice always. The devil will try to steal it. The world will try to steal it. But keep your eyes on me and rejoice always. And things are going to happen in life because you're here on this planet. But keep praying. Don't let Satan stomp your faith down into the dirt. You just keep praying. You just keep coming to me. You just keep believing 
the promises I gave you. And I want you to be thankful. I want you to be thankful. You're my child. I know things can be tough at times, but I sent my own son to be tortured and die for you. I understand things can be tough. I understand someone close to you going through a difficult time. But Jesus, he was thankful to be in the Father's will. Even to go to the cross. And we need to be thankful. God is with us. So church, I'm pretty sure that we're going to like totally overeat this week. And probably the next few days afterwards because of all the food that's still left because we made way too much. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Not going to make any fudge though, but I'm looking forward to it. This week, let's remember what he's telling us. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. And then, let's have expectation in our heart. As we walk in the Lord's will, that opens the door for him to do the things he wants to do. And the, and the plans of the Lord are good plans. They are. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And let's not do like a sad song or anything after this message. Let's, we'll do a happy song. <laughs>